0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're here with episode number 364 of the MailRite Show. Oh my God, it's been, we've done so many of these. Uh, John and I have done so many of these together. And today we're going to take you on a little journey uh, and try to explain landing pages. Now, John has pro- separated out the subject by landing page uh, types. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about what the premise of a landing page actually is because I feel like the language is way overused, and we're not going to help that, like in this description. But before we get into any of that, I would love it, John, if you would do both me and everybody else the favor of introducing yourself and letting us know who you are before you explain landing pages.
1: That's great, Robin. Rob's been very nice to me because I've been late for this episode. I was late, and I'm normally not late, am I? You've got to give me due, though, Rob. Normally you're not late.
0: Normally you're uh, a Swiss watchman.
1: I'm the co-founder of mail hyphen right. We build lovely looking websites in on WordPress for the Kaiser semi luxury market. And we offer a suite of marketing tools um, that help you generate leads from your lovely looking website over to you, Rob. So first of all,
0: uh, i 'd like to talk about that language about landing pages. Mm. The simplest definition of a landing page is a page that people land on that 's it what 's confusing for everybody is the many 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 methods that you can get to have somebody land on a specific page on your website. You can have an email landing page because you can direct people to it from an email campaign. You can have there 's all sorts of ways you can get somebody to land on a page. Recently, landing pages have started to have additional language attached to them, such as squeeze pages, click funnel pages, as different people put different branding associated with something that is effectively still a landing page. It's just a landing page. It's a page that people land on. John and I are going to confuse the topic more by explaining different types of landing pages to you, which is ideas of pages that people can land on your site. Where and John's premise for the show, which I agree with 100%, it runs right in line with, with all of my premises about digital marketing, is how do we get an ROI from a page that people land on, okay, or a landing page? And John's going to take us away and 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 really like show his stuff because he did the research and he did, you know. And I have what I do as an agency, so I'm the founder of my own marketing agency, and we use landing pages extensively but we use them directionally not to get conversion we use landing pages to send people to other places on the website okay so that's how i'm using a landing page i'm not using it the same way that we're about ready to talk about and i'll explain that a little somewhere along the way but but john the first example
1: yeah i just want to you... i just want to quickly respond to what you just outlined um because i'm in total agreement um which normally is the case, not always, but I, I see this, Rob. It's very similar to the language utilized around real estate CRMs, mm-hmm. because there's all. It, it's just a general term CRM. It can there's marketing CRMs, there's sales orientated CRMs, there's lightweight CRMs, there's heavy duty CRMs. Um it's just a very general term. And the same with landing pages, squeeze pages, landing pages, Um, very generalistic term. A lot of people abuse it a bit like CRMs. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, um, what are, if you're going to use a landing page as a kind of conversion tool, then that's the classical um, term Um, The other way is the layout, the landing page. Classically, doesn't always apply. But classically, um, the landing page, you don't have your normal navigation in the header or the footer. You only have one call for action. Um, You don't have multiple. But you could apply that to well-optimized normal pages that, you know, you don't have two to three different messages on the page. So there's a lot of overlap. So let's start with number one, variation landing page. So you're offering either a canned system or a better solution, a more customized home okay. variation. This, to me, is the real kind of classic landing landing squeeze page that's utilized a lot in the industry I think it's still. I've got such mixed feelings about it because people say they still get great results. I also, but I feel it's like it's been slightly used and abused. What's your feelings, Rob? So as usual, I'm going to give off. Listen,
0: I'm going to rattle off some stuff here. Home evaluation pages where you're using an automated tool—they still work. That's basically what you're saying. When people come to them, do they still work to generate leads and give you add names to your database? And the answer is yes. Do they work for high-value, high-intent leads? Not that I'm seeing. Like, I'm not seeing it. Uh, Somebody selling their home in a few years that gets trapped into your form that reluctantly takes a communication from you? Sure. But I am seeing people using a variation of this that I really love, which uh, is probably because I, I follow so many inbound marketers. And inbound marketers, everybody, they they add a lot more value than your average marketer does to a page. And I'm watching more and more in people brace video. something that John and I have talked about for ages, but now it's actually happening. We're finally watching a full embrace of video happening. Um, and part of that is that somebody is leaving like a, like a trail, like this is my home evaluation process. And that's step number one, if you're interested in involving it, like you outlined seven steps, oh. a little video, And then at the very end of that, there's still the same form, and then you input your information. But I am seeing a mix where home evaluation is part of a of a longer, deeper, targeted strategy, and I'm seeing a lot of value coming out of that longer, deeper, targeted strategy, John. That involves the the home evaluation tool.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from. I can see how that could work if it's presented in the right way. Yeah. On to number two. Property search landing pages. Um, wow. Well, um, I, I, you... I think it's going to be linked to what you just said about HomeVert. I think it can still work, but you've just got to be a bit more creative and offer a bit more value. Uh, what, what do you think?
0: I've taken them off my websites entirely. That's what I think. I don't use them anymore. I don't use them on home pages. I usually tell my clients to take them off. Uh I'm not seeing them on a lot of high performing sites that I'm looking at that are starting to do really well. The day and age of property search sites um they're diminishing. Like they're not gone, but you probably need to have a site as good as a real estate webmaster's or Sierra Interactive in that category. Yeah. Yeah. WordPress if somebody said oh, I'm going to do a property search site on WordPress, I'm going to be, eh, okay. If you really want to, um, I'm. I'm just going to say I. I don't believe in them, John. That's the simplest way I can put it.
1: How would you classify a search? A search landing page first. What? How would you classify How would you describe it to our audience? Well. The way that we do search is we do guided
0: search. We drive you into neighborhoods and show all the listings for those neighborhoods. And and you're getting a guided search experience on site. So if you're doing a guided search experience or a neighborhood search, like you're saying property search. When you say property search landing page, that is to me a bar where you can search for property. I've taken those off my site entirely. They don't exist. So if you're going to ask, how are you leveraging? The answer is really, truly, I am not. I have a single search function on my sites, which is an advanced search function where somebody can fill out an entire form and not a bar and do a search. Not that many of my sites have that even in the top 50 pages that's visited. Like it's usually an almost inconsequential feature on the sites that we're building. So how would I define it? I mean, I don't know. Just like I did search bar, but I wouldn't use it. That's, that's just me. If you're using WordPress, I wouldn't use it. If you're using something really cool like Sierra Interactive and you've got everything on the site boiled down to neighborhoods or buildings or you've done something really specific with the site so that somebody can get a very drilled-down piece of information, it might be interesting to have a search bar connected to that experience in some way.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree with you there. Um, on to the next one. Brilliant. Coming, coming soon landing pages. You know that's. Um, I think like, I've seen more, more Facebook advertising where people. But it, it's really dependent on the condition of the market. That you know, last couple of years, any like just getting something to sell was the problem. Um, uh, you could put it up and. You'd be inundated in a lot of areas. You would have multiple people queuing in some areas. For the, you know. So it does depend on market conditions and other factors. What, what's your thoughts about coming soon landing pages?
0: Well, again, I'm really glad that you put this one on your list because I have a case study. One of my clients in Los Cabos has a development with a coming soon page on it, and it's, it's a top-performing page.
1: Oh, yeah. It is
0: also a top frustration for them. <laughs> because the they have they are getting leads they are getting a list of name and they're 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 talking to the they're calling these people up they're legit so so you putting it on this list is a very i I couldn't agree with it more there's just some marketing positioning things that I think everybody would need to realize if you are successful with this strategy understand that a certain number of people might be very excited for whatever development or building or thing that you've you've decided to put up. If your page is performing well, that is going to be because there's some excitement about the community or the building or whatever it is that you've posted on your site that says, coming soon, sign up now to make your reservations or to get updates or to whatever, you know, however you're going to position yourself. So my clients have dealt with a deferred development on the shore of Los Cabos. It's going to be millions and millions of dollars. It's a super exciting project. But of course, as with many luxury things, it's getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And every time there's a pushback, they're reaching out to the entirety of their development list and (laughs) communicating with these people. Then they're getting calls because the level of excitement is so high. So they have spent a tremendous amount of time without even having anything to sell. There's no unit to walk through or sell or do anything with. But did it, I mean, from a marketing perspective, though, it worked. So, like I said, it has a place on this list. Just understand that, with what you said, John, some people are not like prepared mentally or marketing wise, like with how well the strategy will work and where the market is at. Even my client, who's two extremely skilled entrepreneurs and I, I kind of, I, they haven't said it to me directly, but I hear it in their voice. They're like a little frustrated with how much time and energy that they've been spending on a thing that they can't even.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Understandable, but unfortunate because the, what they, you know, Kelly Williams and the, the bread book, you know, the money's in your database. How do you, you know, you're going to drop a certain percentage every year out of your database. So you need to keep it, you need to keep filling that database with new possible connections, and that's what you're doing in one way with what has been established with this landing page. So it does have value, even though you can understand the frustration. But that, in my experience, and I think you would agree, that's hard for a lot of people to understand. That isn't it? It is indeed. It is indeed.
0: Well, so. Because- do you mind if I introduce this next one?
1: Yeah, sure. Off you go.
0: Um, so the next page, John, interestingly, had found somewhere a luxury presence page. Then he said, a community guide landing page. Like this one by luxury presence, a community guide landing page. is one of our favorites because it conveys value proposition to your farming area. Um, everybody does this differently. And, and the reason I asked to read this one is I use these pages on my site. Mm. I, they, this would be the closest thing to that gateway page that I mentioned to you. It is a community page that covers in broad, a larger swath of territory, separates it out by smaller categoric areas and directs people to those smaller categoric areas while still being very informative. And I use custom maps, I use custom images. I go very deep into what what could very easily be called a community guide landing page. That's why I asked to intro this one. Luxury Presence does it too. We each spend actually a fairly large amount of development time because the quality of this page might connect somebody a little bit deeper into the lifestyle premise that you're selling if they're not already familiar with the area that you're communicating to them about.
1: Yeah, there's a bit of, just before we go for our break, Rob, there's... There's a bit of overlap with this being an evergreen page, isn't it? And we've spoken about evergreen pages as well, haven't we? There's a little, to my mind, there's a little bit of overlap. Would you agree with that? I would. I would. So we're going to go to our break, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Um, We're going to take uh, a couple minutes here. Do us a favor wherever you see us, wherever you hear us. Give us a like, share. I've been getting a lot of feedback from people that that I've been getting shared in meetings and that some of this podcast has occasionally been getting shared in real estate uh, sales meetings. Uh, For all those people who are brokers and are looking for ways to educate your sales team, do John and I a favor. Drop us a line and let us know what you want us to talk about. Message uh, John and say that you'd really love to see XYZ digital marketing subject on the show because I would I, I think that I could speak for both of us that we would love to get some feedback and help you out, right? Yeah, yeah we okay. would. Okay, so uh, we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am here with my amazing uh, co-host, Jonathan Dinwood. We're super excited to be here with you today. We are talking about landing pages, which is a misunderstood term. And, and if I had to stick with what the traditional term of landing pages, is, I wouldn't be very excited about talking about it. Fortunately, John was really uh, lovely in the beginning of the call or the beginning of the podcast and, and said, please take some time, explain all the different things it can mean. And some of those, some of those those meaning types, I really gravitate into. One of them was a community landing page, but we're going to move on. That was what we covered right before the break. Coming back from the break, we're going to talk about exclusive buyer seller content landing pages. Why don't you take us through the journey of what you meant by that, John?
1: Well, it's kind of linked to the last topic before we went to break because, in my mind, there's a lot of overlap between this particular. Section and and evergreen pages that they they overlap because you know you're 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 offering um, guidance exchange you know consumer pain points you're offering so the it's it's kind of quasi evergreen blog kind of scenario setup would you agree with that? Um, nah, he doesn't. blog setup? Well, you know, you know, because in my mind, yeah, probably, yeah, probably not right. More the evergreen, the blogging, you know, it's time related, isn't it? So I probably pushed that a bit too far. So it's probably the evergreen, isn't it?
0: I An evergreen page, maybe. So evergreen is a page that you write out and that you don't change or don't change often. For many of you listening to the show, because some of you are, and I know this because I've gotten a chance to talk to a few of you over the years, which has been great. And um, I know that some of you are already in your own ways dedicated content marketers. So let's just say that you have a 20-point seller's plan that you've mapped out over a 20-year career. That's probably an evergreen page, which is what John is talking about. You have to take the time to transpose it digitally and maybe you use some cool graphics or some cool white spacing to make it really like digestible. But you should have your own seller and buyer's roadmap that is custom to you, to your sales approach, to your team's approach, to your approach. It's an evergreen page on your site. Right, John? Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean.
0: So... That's what John is talking about, exclusive buyer-seller content landing page. That could also mean in my head, exclusive could mean that um, you have an exclusive offer. That gets a little trickier, a little hairy, just depending upon what state you are in, what the law is as it relates to your MLS. But some places, including I think California, have a cool-down period when you take on a listing. We have X amount of time. To get, you know, between taking the listing and then listing it, like, with your contracted MLS system, right? So you could theoretically send an email out to all of your customers. And before the thing is even fully digested into the MLS, you could already have offers on the property. Technically speaking, I've seen that work that way many different times in many different states. That's definitely an exclusive offer. Like, pay attention to me today. We have this house. Yeah. It gets listed in the MLS in two days from now. You've got a 48 hour exclusive, right?
1: Well, you kind of, when you were saying that, you got the scenario in a more normal market <laughs> where you could say, well, we have, we've, we're doing, we've had great success in a particular area. Here's some examples. And we're offering this exclusive package to those in this area. And, and you can, also prove that you got some prize success, that type of scenario. What do you reckon about that? I think that's that's
0: true. So that's our final uh, thing on landing pages and I want to throw John and everybody else a curveball on the show if he's if he's up for it. Always, well, uh, I didn't oh, well, think of this in advance and I apologize, John. That's why I didn't write to you about it. I just it just came up like super recently. Um And here's the thing that I want to point out to everybody that's going to sound like a sales pitch. It's really not. So something that I've been noticing, the second that the interest rates stopped rising, my agency got really stupidly busy. All my competitors that are dealing with direct marketing are slowing down and laying off employees. Everybody's in trouble. They overcommitted. They're... They're offering these massive deals and discounts, trying to get signups, trying to keep their, their their workforce busy. And I'll explain why I think that is to everybody on the show. And it, this is uh, impacts you too, John. So I think that the reason for all of this is that when the market slows and direct marketing stops working, and many of the people that are calling me right now are people that have significant budgets in direct marketing efforts, those budgets are not working or they're not working in like they're coming back with maybe an even money return. They're just not working. They're barely working. And in many cases they're not working and they're literally losing money. So instead of throwing that money away, they're deciding, now is the time to take control of my marketing. I can't spend it anywhere else anyway and get a result. I might as well turn around and go to like owning a product, getting rid of that really expensive golden handcuffs thing that I've had for so long. And I want to say that that logic is 100% accurate. Whether you call a guy like John or a guy like me, now is the time for all of you listening to the show. Now is the time, the slowing market, the toughness with direct marketing, trying to figure out where to put your money, where to put your time. Now is definitely 100% 100% the time that you should be making moves in your strategy. Like I said, it sounds like a sales pitch, but I, I firmly, strongly believe it. My, John is looking really confused. Like he's looking super confused.
1: No, I think it's very insightful. I think one thing you've got to clarify, not for me, but for the listeners, what you mean by direct Marketing, you're talking about paid advertising. So, you go, you go,
0: yeah, paid advertising, you go direct to the source. Direct marketing is where you go direct to where the audience is, or you pay. You're right. Another way to say it is paid marketing, search marketing. Like, it's all if you want to get in front of directly get in front of somebody, you're going to pay YouTube, pay Instagram, pay Google, pay somebody, right? You're going to pay them, and I can put an advertising in front of you tomorrow. That's paid advertising, search advertising, direct marketing. Uh, direct marketing could also be other things. So you're right. It's not the best language, so I apologize. But the, um, the idea is this. We all want to say that if we spend $1,000, we get X amount of return. Now, even in a good marketplace, you spend $1,000 a month with like a Y-Lopo or somebody like that, and 90, to 90 days to six months is when you should expect the return. That is not happening right now. Now I'm hearing I'm hearing case studies that are like 13 months, 14 months. When you start saying you're gonna wait a year to see a return on a new direct marketing or sorry, a new paid search initiative, man, that's the same that's actually probably longer than an inbound marketing campaign or something that John and I would tell you to do, like blogging or but getting your own website. That's longer. You're looking at a longer timeline right now and a significantly larger amount of money. And you won't own it, which is the nutty bananas part of that whole conversation to me. Sure, spend twelve thousand dollars, don't get a deal for 13 months. And by the way, you don't own Diddly Squad.
1: And it's also linked <laughs> we haven't we haven't discussed it for a long while. It's also linked to the dirty thing that was known that wasn't really explained. And that's lead inflation, I call it. It was just that, it was just the platforms, there was scarcity at the beginning, but there was, and because of lead inflation, the actual quality of the lead was getting more and more worse, wasn't it? The digital lead, wasn't it? Correct. And now they're just, they're
0: just not happening. They're still bad, but but you're not getting that many of them. So Jesus. So there's, there's, there is a whole different shift, John, like a massive shift, and everybody's noticing it, which is why I've tagged it onto the show. The shift happens fast, it happens very fast, and the shift is happening lightning fast right now, and it is I think that that my or and this was luck I'm not. I think my original prediction about the way the market is going to work, I think it's just going to turn out that way. I think we're going to see the rest of the heat escape, really high sales prices through the first quarter. And then the merry-go-round ends. And for all those people who are riding the last of that merry-go-round, not seeing that many leads, but still getting a couple really high price deals off your paid advertising campaigns, great. Huzzah. Expect that that to dry up. If I was all of you, I would be at least considering a backup option and dividing my budget, barest minimum, have a backup. Like, like just, okay, maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe I'm wrong. And I would be loved to be wrong for a lot of people, but you know what? Divide your money up. Well, I would,
1: I would like, if I had a decent budget, I would really look at improving the website. I'm bound to say that, and I? But I'm saying it from a quasi-truthful place. Because I do honestly believe that. But I would really look at video, really look at my investment in equipment, but also a consistent way of producing video um, for my social media platforms and for my YouTube, just getting as much video out there and having a production plan and having some basic equipment and uh, in my organization, my boutique brokerage, my power team, but really having understanding about how many videos we're going to produce every week, every month, and really having a go at it. What do you think about that?
0: I couldn't agree more. We're finally, like I said, there is truly a groundswell happening where realtors have come to the realization that that marketing has changed. It's finally happened. Uh, the only strongly performing section of marketing that I see is messages passed through, kinesthetic learning things. That's all really fancy language for saying that people are embracing the idea that they want to see you before they call you. Video. Not just a picture of you, not just a resume. They would like to see what you have to say. They're getting spoiled with it as it, as it takes hold across throughout the market. In almost every market, somebody doing searches or somebody looking around does have the option of running across somebody using video as a tool to explain a neighborhood, to explain a lifestyle, to to explain themselves. And if that person makes a connection with them, they're getting a the call, man. That's it. Full stop. They're getting a the call. I get calls off my my profile for real estate stuff. I've sent out two referrals this month alone. All right. Because People like, oh, you seem like a cool guy. I can tell that you own a marketing company. I know you're not a real estate agent, but you must know a few. So let's call you. I shit you not, John. I get them. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a real estate agent. I clearly say it everywhere, everywhere, but nope, still get the call because they like me and trust me. That's the message for all of you who's listening to the show. You're gonna to have to embrace video if you want to really separate at like break the mold a bit.
1: And I think just to finish off, I think I'm not going to be blasé about what next year's going to be like if you're a real estate agent. But the only the good part of it is that I think the days of somebody thinking, "Oh, I can hire, I hire my uncle that." just got his license six months ago or Auntie Gerald or this friend of a friend and they got and I don't care it's just a friend and they'd be able to sell it I think when people have got a property and they're looking to sell it they're going to be a bit more they're going to do a bit more research and a little bit of effort about who the agent is that's going to represent them. Do you think I'm on the right role there a little bit or am I deluding myself? Well, I
0: agree. I agree with – there's an element of what you say that I couldn't agree with more. And I've used the analogy many times in a call. And My dad just proved this to be – uh, somebody in our family passed. The property went into probate. My dad had to sell it. And uh, he ended up doing a shit ton of research. On the person that he was hiring, it was it, the family he's getting pressure from his brothers, everybody's pressuring him to sell the property fast because they just want the money and they want to they want to do something with the money uh, and and my dad is like that's not going to stop me from mm. calling referrals like i'm talking he drilled deep down into it, John, and the reason that he drilled so deep into it is he's like, hey we're going into a bad economy i i I can tell that this is gonna be difficult. So I wanna find a realtor that's really gonna fight for every last penny of value. And I'm I'm gonna do the extra work to find that person. And he read reviews. He fucking ran real estate licenses and then looked at what they said. I hadn't even thought of that.
1: No, I haven't. I haven't. I'm amazed at them. I I have always been, but I just thought it was market conditions, really, Rob. I've always been a little bit, but statistically, it wasn't only market conditions. I've always been a little bit surprised about this industry that people aren't a bit, but I think it's going to change. I think that's the good thing. But people need to be a, a little bit fussier about the agent that they hire, haven't they?
0: They really do. And for those of you that did not live through 2007 to 2009, here's a number for you. That is a real number. The last time the market slowed, we had 2.2 million licensed agents at the beginning, at the height of the real estate market. Before the market slow stopped and things reversed, we got down to 1.4 million. Putting that into perspective for everybody that's listening to this show, 50% of the people that were out there that had a real estate license surrendered it. You are going to watch a lot of people get out of the real estate game. And the, for those of you who know that you're committed and you're going to stay in it, you have to ask yourself the question, how do you want to position the next leg of your career because there was 2007 through 2009 and then there was after that and and before that. And you can ask anybody that's been in the business. You made a mint, especially if you're in mortgages before that, then you you lost a lot and and had to like be committed to your career, and then slowly but surely, many many people have been banking like a lot of money for a long time, and now that we're going into a harder market with not such easy advertising like like directions for people, and the referrals have stopped coming in, and every like aunt, uncle, mother, sister has stopped calling you for a piece of property, yeah. Some people are going to surrender and other people are going to figure out the ways to connect with people that they want to be connected with. And I deeply believe that whether it's video on YouTube or video on Instagram or video, video is the way to go. Everybody should have video on a website, on all those other channels.
1: And just to wrap it up, you really want, I know it's self-serving, but I honestly, honestly believe this folks. You really want to listen to the backlog of podcasts and videos that Rob's got and you want to go to Rob's website and have, have a deep dive and you really want to listen to the 100 plus of podcasts because it's just a fountain of knowledge from our guests, from you, about how to market yourself in this new coming up period. I really believe that, Rob.
0: Thank you very, very much, John. That was very, very nice and by the way, everybody if you're looking if you're starting in your career and you're scared to death by some of the things I just said uh John is a good a good place to start having a conversation for getting you on the track. I believe that the there can be an evolution of owning your own websites. I am a done for you service that takes on a very small number of clients who are very well established who are basically ready and willing to spend a reasonable amount of money for, to achieve success. And I do everything for them, almost everything. But you don't start there. Full stop. You don't start there. You start someplace else. And if you got used to WordPress and you got used to blogging and you took all the, the same advice that you're hearing from me, but you took it from John, because he'll say the same thing 80 to 90% of the time, you will have a huge platform of success to then to call a guy like me. Yeah, because
1: um, I, 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 I I do honestly believe that, and that's why I think we can still work together on this podcast. Because I, I totally—that's how I see it, totally as well, Rob.
0: Completely. All right. Well, listen, everybody, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to take us off air in here in a second. Uh, to Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a good day of thanks spent with family and friends. Well, no matter where in the world you are, we appreciate you listening to the show. You can email me at robert at r a m. And John, how would you like people to get in touch with you?
1: Oh, just go to the mail-right.com website and you can book a demo and a discussion with me or my partner, Adam. And one other thing, we have an amazing guest next week. I haven't told Rob who it is. I probably won't. I'm going to let... You're going to be blown away, Rob. I mean, all right, you're going to... Well, you might not be, but I'll, I'll be surprised if you're not blown away. And it's a great, I've had a chat with him. I'll give you a hymn. And um, he seems to be, he's got some really interesting stuff to say and he seems a great guy. And I think you and the audience are going to be blown away.
0: Can't wait. Can't wait. Thanks for doing that, John. All right, everybody. Have a good one. John, take us offline.
1: Bye.